Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the AEW Rampage Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture. Look ahead to tonight's episode. Uh, before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Rampage, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2 but Oh! Pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to look ahead to tonight's episode of. Hey, I just met you. And this is crazy. But here's my number. This is rampage, baby. <laughs> and wouldn't you know it, Tony's trying again. Adam <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wilborn. Yes. What am I looking at right now on my phone? You are looking at the alarm clock setting because it's time to wake up early to watch Rampage tomorrow again. No, 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 no. no. My alarm's not set. So oh. I've just put no alarm because I'm not, I can't be bothered. <laughs> it's, it looks better. It's got Moxley in a singles match. Guaranteed to be very, very good at a minimum. But my God, we discussed some of this. Yeah, on the uh, Dynamite review, pretty hungover, so you're going to have to bear with me for the next 20 minutes or so before I get a fr- uh, Burger King. It was the What Culture Christmas party last night, if anyone's unaware. Yeah. So, uh, on Wednesday, they had to say out loud, right, it's ridiculous, that's over. It's like, theoretically right, like a wrestling feud doesn't just end, or at least in the minds of the uh, wrestlers, it doesn't. It's like no. a soccer feud. It's never really over. It's never really over, and you can go back to it, or you can reference it if people align who are once feud or whatever. But you probably shouldn't say, oh, it's finished, because the audience really wants to get the relief of the fact that this thing that they've kind of endured is finally over. But it was kind of a necessary way of communicating, yes, it's dragged on for far too long. Um, we tried to backdoor pilot. This is all the subtext, basically, but they were like, the subtext of, oh, it's over. And John Moxley on the lead-up to final battle, which he wasn't going to sell as a hot show, because it wasn't. It was good, very good, but it wasn't oh, like yeah. it wasn't hot. It wasn't People weren't talking about it. So to sell it, it was like the relief of, oh, it's going to be over. It's going to be over. Buy it because it's the end. You might as well watch it because it's the end. Like It's like a film. I'm not into this, but... I have to know how it finishes, sort yeah. of thing. 
realize that the final season of Game of Thrones is rubbish, but you might as well watch the last few That's episodes because yeah. you have to know. You've invested so much time this in this. exactly right. Like I just didn't like the last season at all. I thought it was very poor, and I could not watch the finale because you just had to find out the fucking answer. <laughs> how it ended. And so not only have they done that, right, which is bad, that the fact that you have to acknowledge it as being really tiresome is bad, but it's not over. Yeah. Like, if you have to kind of embarrass yourself by saying, oh, we're done, we're done, it's over, calm down, new era of AEW, mm-hmm. watch the show, get back into it properly, and then doing it again, like, what were they thinking? What are they thinking? I understand that the one John Moxley... He's always bloody up for it because wrestling's his favourite thing, and he's a star, and he wants uh, the need to have him... I don't need to, but it's good that he wrestles because he's fantastic at it, and it helps in his ongoing feud with Hangman Page if they advance it on Rampage um, in a post-match angle here, and that he wins some matches. So he just always appears credible and a, the, one of the most winningest wrestlers in AEW history. Could they not have found somebody else other than Sammy Guevara? Because not only is it an extension of a feud that they've said is over and they shouldn't have had to say it's over, which is an indictment of the feud. We've seen it once already or twice already mm. this year. We, I know we saw it in the Grand Slam Tournament of Champions. Did they, do, did they run it back? Either way, it, was, it, was, it wasn't It was such a great match. It wasn't such a top-tier Moxley singles match where it was like the Takeshita one, where it's like, I'll run that back. Yeah. Especially because it's not like every single week, like, you know, certain other promotions. It was months ago. I ran that back. It was great. And they ran it back, and it was even better. That I think they did a good job in Moxley Guevara of building drama around the finish. And you know the character dyna- dynamic rules. You've got this, the hardest guy versus the littlest pipsqueak who's a dickhead. Watching him get bad is ostensibly fun. Um, but it wasn't so good that I want to see it ran back. Go on the AW roster page for me, please. I'm just going to play a little game. It's time to play the game! I'm not going to punch down anymore. I feel bad. Right. Scroll, please. Yeah. Stop. Two. Preston Vance. Yeah, well, that was a much better match. Yeah. It can't, it can't work because yeah, yeah. the idea is turned heel, so he needs a bit of momentum. But honestly, that was a much better match than the one with um, Sammy Guevara, which is very good. That was one of my favorite squash matches ever. Um, try again. Stop for Trent Beretta. Yeah. Already in action tonight. Yeah, so we'll have to play the game again. Yeah. Uh, stop. Three. Kip Sabian also in action tonight. Stop. Two. Darius Martin of Top Flight. Well, he had a decent match with Dante, did um, John Moxley, but ultimately, like, they could have. Who is a heel who they're not pushing that heavily, but still a star that they. Really could have just done instead of a BCC thing. Let's have a look. Ethan Page, I think they've got plans for him. They've got bloody plans for everyone. This is a very good problem. Um, I was about to say, oh, Jake Hager then. <laughs> no, same problem. Yeah, and we've already seen it and it went eight hours. Another Lance Archer match, like a stepped up. Kicked each other out. Lance has beaten him before. Yeah. Um, was that the last time they worked? Or not? Last time I beat you in a, last time we worked a singles match, I beat you. Mm. Um See, I like a fun stepped-up Archer match. Could have been fun. I'm just not that bothered about this one. But you know what John Moxley does? John Moxley tells you how he's going to do something and when he's going to do it, and then he does that thing. He said he was going to leave Sammy a 
bloody mess, I think he said. Bloody under. mess as he kicks his face, and so maybe they'll do a TKO stoppage after a Sammy Blade job when he's in the sort of the stamps. That sounds completely badass. And yet I've heard nothing from this taping in terms mm, of it's, it's, I forgot it's about taped, that. isn't it? Yeah, I think I've, I've seen a thing because when I was doing research for this that said spoilers, so I'm 90% certain it's taped. I've heard no noise, which I'm expecting like a three and a half star match. And if that's the only one that's of real interest, put Moxley in a good match that doesn't necessarily need to happen is not the rating saving buzz generating cheat code that I think... Um, Tony Khan thinks it is. Yeah, he seems to think that we can just put names on it and that'll fix Rampage. And that was never the issue. No. Because you always had, he never, well, recently less so, but generally you did have a champion or a former champion doing something on the show. It's the fact it was just inessential viewing. Yes, absolutely. I agree with that, Wilborn. So I'm just not asked about this Rampage. Sorry. It's I, 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 I'm going to I'm going to give TK a bit of credit because, you know, he's trying to do a bit of dovetailing, disregarding the JSBCC stuff of like, right, I've just set up that Sammy Guevara is now this mentor to Danny Garcia and Danny Garcia is going to be carrying this bloody mess to go back going, sorry, what was I meant to learn from that? Which I think might be a nice little touch. But yeah. like you say, the problem is if it was, if, if Moxley hadn't been, if JS had been fighting uh, 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 the elite, right? And then you did this, you'd be like, oh, God, out of the frying pan into the fire here, yeah. And there's more problems with the JS. The problem is, oh, cool, yeah, guy, you've been circling for months now. And like you say, you've seen almost every permutation yes. of the, the group's fate versus each other. Uh, but, yeah, Sammy Morris getting his ass handed to him tonight, actually. Yes. Think, do you think uh, Hangman comes out? Lo- we love this promo on Dynamite, obviously. Yeah, I think they're setting up a trios match, which is going to be the final stage before the Mox Hangman match. It's weird. I thought it was so urgent and intense that it couldn't wait until Revolution, but the head injury angle yeah. kind of delays things. So, yeah, I hope there's something, but it's been uh, very, very hot for me. Mm. Uh, in terms of women's action, you've got Britt Baker versus Sky Blue tonight. Uh, Britt Baker, very dismissive of just quite how easy this match is going to be. So I sense... It's a bit unpredictable considering what happened to Jericho this week. Exactly. Like, that's a good thing about... I don't think Action Andretti is going to be a star. I don't think that... Yet. Yet. Yeah. Yes, certainly. There just there isn't the TV time to accommodate it. I think it's more to do with Chris Jericho unraveling in the next phase of his character's arc than it is about Andretti. But Andretti can go on to lose and lose and lose and lose in very narrow defeats and be basically the babyface, Jay Lethal equivalent on TV. Yeah. Um, I even had like 100 matches, I think I saw in his cage match. Less than 100. Yeah, he's so. certainly very, very good already. It's kind of ridiculous. But in addition to how it affects both competitors and competitors, I'm talking about cave <laughs> wrestlers in that match, as you point out, Wilborn, it has like an indirect effect on the drama of other matches because they've established a precedent now. And obviously you don't want to overdo it. No. You don't want to do it, overdo anything, Tony Khan. <laughs> but... For a couple of weeks at least, certainly this rampage, that feeling in the air of, well, we've seen it before, it could actually happen, we've just seen it, is it going to help Sky Blue versus Britt Baker? I really don't think so. Um, I just think it's very much get another star on the show in a predictable match, and the marquee looks a bit better. It looks like there's stars on the show, even if the booking isn't going to make them feel like they're at their most... Uh, like they've got the most star power right now. It's just, as you said, well-born, it's still a lazy cheat code. It doesn't make Rampage feel big. 
nor does it make the actual stars on it feel like they're doing star business, which is like incredibly captivating work. It's just bandage. Mm. Yeah, I think it's just going to be a straightforward win for Britt Baker this, uh, like you say, with a hint of anything can happen sort of thing, but uh, maybe via a bit of shenanigans. Britt Baker gets the win, and it's just the continuation of like, look how easy I made that look. She already sort of said, well, Jamie Hayes should be winning next week against Sheeta because I beat her, and she's I was injured when I fought her, so piece of piss that, if yeah. anything. It's just, yeah, it's this is uh, breadcrumbs in it for, for a down-the-road feud, obviously, between, between the two of them. Uh, Wardlow's in action tonight. In a very up-and-down year for that guy. Yeah, very opposite end of the extremes. Look, it's bad booking. Watch, whichever way you slice it, it's bad booking. I don't necessarily think that the whole MGF business, certainly it didn't help, but I think it's gone wildly overstated. Like, the actual match, it double or nothing. People got what they wanted out of it. And... Uh, a huge pop. It was very, very loud. And then Wardlow subsequently went on to win the TNT title and barely defended it. He had this tag team with Joe to facilitate a match down the line, which was fine, I guess. But I think it was just a nice, fun undercard attraction of a team that people didn't necessarily want to see as a blood feud. And I think people think Joe's cooler. What an indictment that is. Like... The thing is, is uh, it's just really hard to nail down. It just, I think people expected literally, and this is no pun intended, the world of Wardlow yeah. to be, right, okay, you're making a guy that people have been slowly investing in for literally years when he hadn't even done anything. And it seems slotted as just another guy on the show who's quite over in front of a crowd. He really likes going to the AEW shows and his character works good and his matches are different and fun. I think people really expected him to be, like, superstar headline main eventer, mm. that level of over, and it's just a stark contrast to where people thought he was going to be. Um, look, I the catchphrase is lame. I don't necessarily think that's a huge part of it. I don't think it's, like, a Cena-like terrible catchphrase. And I don't necessarily th think the act is growing stale either, because if you pay close attention to his work, he's a very good long-term storyteller in that he will very carefully distribute his coolest high spots in, across several different matches so that he always gets a different kind of pop. Mm. That, uh, Jesus Christ, I didn't know you could do that. Um, I, it's just one of those things that's really hard to nail down. I don't know if it's because he's been feuding with Hobbs and Joe. He feels, like, physically smaller than he ever has. Yeah. And I don't know if that has anything to do with it because that was his USP, where he's, like, this absolute monster who, like... Think about how small he feels now compared to how massive he felt in that awesome lashing segment with the hand movement mm. and how he leant forward. Like, he hasn't felt like that. And I don't know whether it's one of two things. One, and the booking's the main problem. Yes. But there are, you know, different factors that go into this. I don't know if pairing him with all the hosses and being the, like, the biggest hoss in the company, that was his push mm. as TNT champion. And maybe it's just brought into focus that he's not the biggest guy. And maybe if he's not the biggest guy, then maybe him doing like Etieros or something isn't as impressive as it used to feel like. Mm. And maybe he, he is overdoing the aerials. I like the idea, but sometimes good ideas don't work. And maybe he's slowly conflating his act with that of a 
modern hybrid athlete who's got a great body and is a very good athlete and can do loads of different styles in this sort of modern hybrid kind of way, uh, maybe in league with AEW not treating himself, not treating him as a special attraction anymore. He's sort of blurring the edges. I'm not saying that he's the boring grump, Boring lump of grey trash that Minoru <laughs> Suzuki says that the vast majority of WWE PC guys are, but maybe he's rounding off the edges a little bit of what makes him unique. Yeah, I assume this, you know, Wardo in action implies squash match, you know, chuck some bloke around for five minutes, Powerbomb Symphony, one, two, three. I assume this is to facilitate him again going after Joey. Obviously made the save for Darby Allen last week on, on Dynamite. Do you think this could be setting up something for New Year Smash or something like that for the title? Because I don't think he can drag that out to Revolution. Does it go over two nights, New Year Smash? Yeah, there's always that bit, isn't it? It's like the Christmassy Dynamite next week, and then there's the... Yeah, Let me so look up what their, their schedule is over the New Year. Maybe that could be the uh, the second one, or certainly like there's a bit of a dead period between Christmas and New Year, and they feel like they've built this one for a while, so it's probably... Holiday good. Bash. Holiday Bash. That's it, that's, that's going down... That's next week. Next week. Then it is followed by New Year's Smash. Yeah, I could go New Year's Smash. I feel like uh, Holiday Bash has got kind of more than enough already at this point. Um, do you not think? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I Will people want Wardlow to win that title back? I don't think they do. I think, I don't know. Put it this way, the guy's closer to a heel turn than recovering the aura that he had developed. Mm. Um, as a baby face in the spring and summer. Such a shame. What a long gestating project the whole Wardlow thing was. So to see it end up where we are. And he's still over. I'm not saying fans are turning on no, him. No, no, no. They're like Joe, which is not ideal. They're not turning on him. His stuff always gets over in the arenas. But let's, it's uh, fantasy land to suggest that he was, that he is where he was. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. 
Um, before we get to the final match on tonight's rampage, one thing I wanted to to ask you about—we sort of briefly mentioned it on the on the dynamite review—but it, it bears mentioning again. Uh, the report coming out from this week uh, from PW Insiders Mike Johnson regarding the addition of WWE's former vice president of global television production, uh, a guy called Michael Mansouri, to their ranks. He was. Uh, at Dynamite this week, started at Dynamite, uh, started working on the Dynamite taping in Texas this week. Um, not very often we talk about these sort of things, but a really good get for for AEW this, we think. Yes, and I think it is high time that they really sort of... Don't get it twisted. I want them to polish up and change their production style. It looks second-rate compared to WWE in a way that actually appeals to my personal sensibilities. Like, I hate really glossy overproduction in anything, like music, film, um, certainly my professional wrestling. I, I hate how ugly and cheap, but ironically very expensive, WWE looks. And yet at the same time, like I like I look I love the look and the aesthetic of AEW Dynamite because as a millennial fan who associates the look and how well lit it is and the sort of almost chintzy lighting it's basically far closer to Nitro than WWE has ever looked. Yeah. And I like that. It's, it has a nostalgic feel, right, for me as a 37-year-old millennial to anyone who doesn't have cherished memories of WCW, WCW Nitro, after which the vibe of AEW stuff is clearly patterned. Um, people are just going to, without that romantic association, they're just going to think, oh, it just looks a bit cheap mm. and it looks a bit old-fashioned. And I think, like, I've enjoyed it, but maybe it is time. I had an idea as well where, um, obviously, I don't want to go to the opposite end of the extreme. I don't want it to look like WWE. I think, right, that if you are a, I don't want to say casual fan, there's no such thing, really. A floating voter, we know yeah. what the ceiling looks like. We They established it in and around All Out 2021. So we know what the ceiling looks like. And they haven't come close to getting there. They obviously can. The precedent yeah. exists. They can get that viewership. I would make Dynamite look like the revolu uh, Revolution pay-per-view. Mm. And just change the Revolution stuff to, like, maybe a new Dynamite logo. The LED ramp, like, a futuristic sort of stage set. Just something that makes it look more premium, more big-time, more major league. Because if you're, and this is the TV viewer that you ultimately want, if you're on television and you instantly think, oh, this looks state-of-the-art, proper major league, um, then it just, that's capitalism for you. If it looks big and it feels big, it must yeah. be worth my time. That's just the... the Vince's cheat code back in the day, yes, wasn't it? Yes, with Dick Ebersole um, from NBC. Exactly right, Wilborn. That's basically, if you looked at a WWF show compared to a JCP show, like, if you're a kid... Yeah, look, and I used to have WCW, like, I used to get magazines, like, out the ass, and I would barely look at the WCW sections because it just looked so cheap. Yeah. And as a kid and as a young person, you just have that connection because you're raised in a capitalist world. So I would make it look like Revolution, but what would you do for the pay-per-views then? That's when you can really service the hardcore fans because it's, it's not really the vast majority of TV viewers who are going to order it. That's when you can do the, uh, the nostalgic stuff, like the physical sets and the unique environments like that. Um, but yeah, I hope he ramps it up. Obviously, we're not going to get any indication of his work until the weeks and months to come. <coughs> and WWE has this dark arts magic where they can get 4,000 people in an arena and make it look like 10. Yeah. AEW gets 
4,000 in an arena and sometimes it looks like 3,000. Mm. I don't know how to do it, but this guy should hopefully have that mastery of how to fake it looking big, even if it's not as big as it has been, mm. in, um, well, certainly last year. But yeah, major backstage hire that for AEW. Let's talk about this eight-man. Um, so who's in it? I'm lost. It's Best Friends and Dustin Rhodes um, versus Butcher, The Blade, Kip Sabian, and Trent Seven, uh, who was obviously the surprise on last week's uh, Rampage. We'll talk about the match and the result in a second. But I want to talk about something that we've been talking about in the office this week. And maybe this is more of us uh, manifesting something, perhaps. Um, but certainly you and, you and Andy Murray uh, have been talking the possibility of a dominant new tag team emerging from the, the ashes of one that we've always quite liked and have always played a good role. They've been a good hand to be a very patronising pat-on-the-head guy towards them. But there was something in a promo that many people may not have seen from the Butcher and the Blade that made us think, just do it. What's the harm in making them this sort of 80s, hey, tag teams? Hey, tag teams. Uh, yeah, like I've always really rated the Butcher and the Blade. Um especially, like, even in early 2020, you could see these boys have really, really improved and just grasped this opportunity. Two seconds. <coughs> Hang over. <laughs> um, they've been involved in two of my favorite AEW matches ever. That incredible night one, Fighter Fest 2020, eight-man, with the Canadian Destroyer from the outside to, uh, from the inside of the ring to the outside. Unbelievable. Oh, my God. I've got no earthly idea why they haven't ran back a variation of that spot in front of fans. Yeah. I've got to like, just do it. Maybe an Escalera de la Muerte, they could do it. Oh, my God. Bingo! Yeah. And the Falls Count Anywhere match with the Young Bucks. Was that the one where they were in, like, the back of a truck? Yeah. With aprons and blood it all over? It was so unbelievably entertaining, committed, and so creative. They realized this space is so depressing that it's mm. dead. Why don't we actually use it to make a really creative and just awesome match? And they've got the Butcher and the Blade, a quietly pretty good drawn record. That match did numbers. Some mm. other matches they've done, like people gravitate towards the Butcher and the Blade, and uh, it's just a completely unusual thing that modern wrestling is. I understand why promoters are reluctant to push a tag team like that, because the idea of the uh, Road Warriors-esque act as a trope to rip off has just been killed over the last however many years. Every time they've tried it, the Bludgeon Brothers... Um, the ascension has just failed dismally. So maybe it, that kind of thing is perceived as a relic, but if I trust anyone to get it right, it would be Tony Khan, so let's see it. Um, it has to be better than the Butcher and the Blade inexplicably being mates and or acquired by, oh. mates with and or acquired by just the biggest geeks in the world, like Matt Hardy. Basically, after MGF, they've, re they've just aligned with just complete dogs. Mm-hmm. And now family office stuff. Family office stuff. And now, other than, were they with Eddie Kingston at one point? Maybe I don't. Because there was five of them in the Eddie Kingston's family. That short-lived thing. Oh yeah. Was that they were with Lucha Brothers? I'm fairly certain that was a thing. But yeah, yeah that was again. They've just had these weird short-lived. We are the. They've got this compulsion to be the second tier tag team in a stable with another tag team. It's just they've been booked terribly, basically, considering how much they've improved and how well they've done previously. So, yeah, I'm all for it. But because of the the nature of the characters they are interacting with 
now this week for reasons. I just couldn't give a toss about this upcoming match. But the Butcher doing stuff with Cassidy could be fun. And, uh, yeah, longer term, I think they could be a good challenger. Not that they're going to win the tag belts, but a good challenger for the acclaimed if, you know, they can get past Jeff Jarrett and his guitar. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, best friends and Dustin Rhodes. Uh, obviously, Dustin Rhodes will get a hell of a reaction and, and did last week, of course, as well. Yeah. And they're de- setting something up maybe with him and, and Kip Sabian. Um, <sighs> like you say, uh, you've got Butcher and Blade and you've got Trent Seven, who... Clearly, you know, uh, they see things, they see something, and I think he played it. We said last week, well, this week, when we reviewed his match with Orange Cassidy, there's something there, without question. Oh, yeah, he's a very, very, very good wrestler, who I'm just woefully uninterested in. Look, I'll be honest with you, I keep forgetting this match exists, this eight-man tonight. I haven't dedicated a single passing thought to who I want to win or who I want to lose. I want it to be the Butcher and the Blade because I want this to be a springboard for them. I've given up on that. I'd love to see it, but I have given up. We have, we have manifested things in this world culture office, so maybe I'm being too cynical, but ultimately, like, they've been stigmatized as uh, undercard jobbers who lose more often than they win at this point. It's a shame, but that's the way it is. That's just the way it is. I think this could, you could easily take, <laughs> take this into different directions. You could have Kip Sabian going after Orange Cassidy for, you know, furthering that, that feud between the two of them. I do kind of like the idea of Trent Seven being cursed by Danhausen and all this because that's what uh, Dustin obviously alluded to, and then yeah, Bush and the Blade just wrecking Shock and Trent, or you know Trent and Dustin, or whatever it may be. Give Dustin his spots. Maybe they just get a nice babyface hometown victory. But uh, yeah, if you haven't go and check it out. Was it Dark Elevation? They got it on. I saw. We saw it on. S- Social media, I think. Yeah, I think it was Dark Elevation. But if you just type in Butcher Blade, it was such a, a well-received cult favourite that it'll be the first thing you see, I imagine. Yeah, I, no, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for them. Um, but I think, oh, it's probably going to be Moxley Guevara main event in. They might start just yeah, to Yeah, never get another the, w- weird order that they do, innit? Yeah, I think they'll, if Moxley's working, he'll usually begin Rampage. Mm. Yeah, because of the, yeah, the way it works. But, uh, yeah, we're going for best friends, Dustin Rhodes, getting them in, babyface team. Yeah, I think so. I couldn't care less, to be honest. <laughs> well, let us know your thoughts. Uh, head of Rampage tonight on Twitter, at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, well, actually, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to WhatCultureWrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, for daily wrestling podcasts, me and Hamlet have previewed SmackDown a little bit earlier on today. Uh, and we've got the final wrestle culture of the year with a hashtag bloody good quiz coming your way later on today as well. Me and Sigil, of course, will be back on Monday to review this Rampage, but for now, this has been the preview for AW Rampage. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.